This is Before the Light Goes Out with Catherine Williams. Boo Hooadine is an acclaimed Ivor Novello Award-nominated singer-songwriter. His career started as frontman of the much-loved 80s band The Bible. He's now probably most associated with Eddie Reader, who he enjoyed international success with his song Patience of Angels. But Boo also produced Reader's folk classic album Sing Songs of Robert Burns. He's one half of band State of the Union with Brooks Williams, No Relation to Me. Boo's called upon as a songwriter by many artists, including Chris Difford, as well as writing for artists like Sia, Katie Lang, Chris Drever, David McCormand. He also hosts yearly songwriting workshops and retreats. Welcome, Boo Huadine. Hello. Hello. That was really, it makes me sound like I've done really well, doesn't it? That when you read that. <laughs> Do you recognize yourself in Not that really, no. No, I just <laughs> I just had to take the the, the dog outside because it needed to do a crap when I wasn't thinking about my international success at that point. Well, my first question mm. is how did you sleep last night? I slept quite well because I came back from I was working down in Peterborough and I live in Glasgow and I got the last train so I got in really quite late. I had a lovely experience when I got in the in the cab which is one of the reasons I, I really like here is the man saw my guitar and he started talking about guitars and he started talking about writing songs and then when I got to my flat he decided he wanted to play me one of his songs and it was good and then he wouldn't take any money off me because I'd sat and listened to his song so I was in a really good mood when I got in. I thought that was very generous of him and I fell asleep right away. I don't always sleep well but last night if you've had a nice day in terms of being creative and, you, and you've met somebody who surprises you with their generosity it's easy to sleep sometimes so that's so nice. I slept very well yeah. So where are you sleeping tonight? I'm sleeping in my in my own flat tonight so that's uh nice but i've been spent i've been sleeping i've been sleeping in some quite unusual places only because i'm gigging not just because i'm strange and uh you always the first five seconds when you wake up when you're not at home i I don't know if you get that when you're on tour your first five seconds you have no idea where you are you're just looking around it's unfamiliar where the hell am i and I've slept, I was talking with Brooks actually because we're doing some dates at the moment and would, I, I think some of my least favourite places I've slept in, one, one was a gig where they had forgotten to book me a room which they'd promised in the contract, you know, I don't want to sound like a diva but it was in the contract and I'd nowhere to go. So they went round and they found someone who could put me up and I, I, it was a draw, <laughs> I slept in a draw. I didn't sleep very well that night. What do you mean you slept in a draw? He pulled it out. It was long, because I'm six foot four. It's long. I don't know if it was for people or not, but they put some bedding in it, and I slept in... They didn't shut the drawer. But I've slept in some horrible places. I really have. The next question that I have is, where is the strangest place you've slept? Well, that's not even... The st- there, there are stranger places. Obviously, when I was young and used to drink, I'd wake up in hedges and stuff, but I don't drink anymore. I once slept in a, we did a, an animal rights gig, the Bible, and we slept in this big squat, which was fine, but it was just me and Tony Shepard, the keyboard player. It was a completely empty room, and it just had a big poster on the wall that said Doom, which I think was a like a crass-type band, but it just wasn't enough. And then in the middle of the night, the host of the place uh, tried to get him to bed with me. That, wasn't, that was a very bad night's sleep, that one. 
And another one was, this is a good one, was my son Ben and I, he came to watch me play at Seven Oaks Folk Club and they put me in this hotel, which is quite bad. We looked at the trip advisors afterwards and the first two were, uh, the first one was Welcome to Hell and the second one was I Slept in My Car. So we, we were... <laughs> So it was a twin room, but it was, and it was a slopey twin room and it had, it had lino on the floor and two single. What do you mean a slopey? Well, you know, the, 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 the floor wasn't flat, you know, it was an undulating floor. It had lino and it was two single beds with wheels on. And when we woke up, we were in completely different parts of the room to where we were when we went to sleep. That was <laughs> I would have really liked to have seen a stop motion. Oh, it would have looked like really quite beautiful moving <laughs> on the bed through the night. Mm. But you have to get used to it, don't you, when you're, when you're gigging, because you get put in funny places. And it means that after a while, you kind of fall in love with travel lodges, because they're all the same and you know where you are. I had one. Oh, listen, listen. I don't, I don't like what's called hospitality so much anymore. Though I've made some of my best friends that way, whereas where you stay at someone's house, because it's awkward. And I stayed at this one house, and the man said, do you like animals? And I, he was just at the end of the set at the folk thing. They, they said, this is Brian, you're staying with Brian. And he said, do you like animals? I said, yeah, and you, you assume it's going to be a cat or a dog, don't you? I get to his flat, I don't see any, any animals, and then I just go to my room. But what he'd done is he'd built a, a series of tubes all around the house <laughs> that he let his rats scurry around in. So it was like... Four in the morning, I heard. Uh, didn't sleep well that night. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I can't cope. <laughs> Do you like pets? I was thinking, oh, my God, is it going to be a horse? Oh, no. If he'd got horses scurrying through Perspex tubes, I'd, I would have left. Yeah. <laughs> the worst is a and b where a man answers and and asks the first question he asks is do you like ghosts i've had that oh yeah i don't particularly believe in ghosts so i go yeah okay i was with audrey once my wife and she and she's not like this at all and uh, she thought she saw a ghost when we stayed in a gig it was in a and it was a room with a sort of four poster and she thought 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 she saw someone in the middle of the night i blame the gin though i don't think she did but there you go why, have you seen ghosts in B&Bs? If you're going to haunt somewhere, wouldn't you haunt somewhere a bit fancier than a and b Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You've got the whole world to sort of haunt. Oh. Yeah. Well, so you get the castle and I have to go in this B&B. Or, or travel lodge. <laughs> travel lodge, or the ghost of a travel lodge, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you've told me the strangest places you have slept, but can, can you sleep anywhere? I'm not bad at sleeping anywhere, yeah. I, I particularly enjoy sleeping in cinemas. I don't mean to. <laughs> I've spent so many, like, oh, let's go. This is going to be brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, come on. We all get dressed up and go out. And then just at the first, you know, first scene, I'm, I'm gone. So, yeah, I can sleep anywhere. I did fall asleep on, I've fallen asleep on stage once. And that was uh, playing with Eddie Reed, uh, the playing at the club afterwards. You could play in a club at Celtic Connections afterwards in, 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 the, in the Central Hotel. And our spot was three in the morning. And she decided to do, what's it called? It's a Tom Waits song, Hold On. You know that song, Hold On by Tom Waits? Yeah. She did it. And it was in the, in the 15th minute of her singing. It really was. She just kept going round and round and round. I just, I just fell asleep. It's not good, is it? But there were no consequences. 
There were no consequences. I, I, <laughs> my friend Clive Gregson used to tour with Rich Thompson and they flew to New York and went straight to the bottom line to do a gig and he, he got terrible jet lag and he was playing the Hammond organ and they finished the first song and <clears throat> the last chord just kept going because he'd fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can sleep on the road in mm-hmm. like tour buses? Or I do, planes. I do. I, which is, I'm quite big, so I quite end up often with tour neck. Do you get tour neck? I've got such a short neck that like pretty much I can just fall asleep and <laughs> there's, there's no there's no need. My head sort of sits on the shoulders. I've never thought... Well, can't, well, Kath, do you know Kath? No, you know, the one with the short neck. I've never thought that. I don't think you've got a short <laughs> neck. <laughs> then also when you sleep on unfamiliar pillows and stuff like that. So I always at the end of a week of touring, I've, I've, I've got a terrible neck. Terrible. Uh, but yes, I can fall asleep nearly anywhere. Do you not take a pillow with you? Well, I should, shouldn't I? Eddie takes a pillow with her. I should take my own pillow. You're right. Why don't you just take Eddie's? <laughs> yeah, when she's asleep... One of us could gently hold her head up and the other one could pull the pillow out. She wouldn't know, would she? No, but you'd have to She's go. really good. Like, we travel in... Normally, travel in the cars. We don't have buses or anything like that because it's like, well, what if some of us want to do something different? So it's just a couple of cars. And she she's really good at making a nest in the back of a car. It's incredible. It's uh, She's very good at sleeping, yeah. And she just sleeps. She sleeps on roads. She sleep, can sleep anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. Amazing for very long periods of time but then she's sort of springs into action when it comes to the gig but yeah i've never known anyone sleep quite as much as eddie but it's good it's obviously restorative because she then she comes out fighting we should see how well she can sleep without a pillow then (laughs) (laughs) so do you prefer sleeping alone or with someone well i like sleeping with my my wife and is that is that why do you do you frown on that sort of thing (laughs) well yes if I'm on tour, I'd rather sleep alone, frankly. I don't like the doom experience. No, thank you, I think I said. But a bit more high-pitched than that. And um, <laughs> so at home, I like to sleep with my wife. When I'm not at home, I like to sleep alone. But I know it is nice to sleep with a, with a, a loved one, isn't it? It's really comforting. Yeah. yeah. Spoon, cuddle or space? Starfish. Aggressive starfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna have to add that onto the questions. Screw the other person. Um, no, no, no. Sp- sp- spoon's nice. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this. Did you just say screw the other person? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, which bit of spoon, cuddle, or space does aggressive stop? <laughs> it's not. It's its own category, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't know. Oh dear. I just don't know what aggressive starfish is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, it's, it's like that, isn't it? It's all. Sp- get my brain to work out how you're aggressive <laughs> would you lie <laughs> do you lie in bed with your wife yeah in the shape of a star and growl <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what everyone does yeah 
Right, I, I've got to move on. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. I can have to edit so much of this. No, I want to be helpful. Sorry, I don't know. It's making jokes and stuff. Oh, no, no. I absolutely, I absolutely love it all. I'll just have to edit me wheezing (laughs) for like half an hour out of it. So do you sleep through? What, noises and stuff like that? Well, like, do you have one whole sleep or do you wake up and chunks? Oh, I had a really interesting conversation with my friend Dan, Dan Whitehouse, if you don't know that. Traditionally, people used to wake up in the middle of the night. They'd sleep in two halves and it even had a name. He was telling me about it. And that sort of makes sense, doesn't it? But I do tend to sleep through. But sometimes, you know, you might wake up at three in the morning and make yourself a cup of tea and read the paper and then go back to sleep again. I don't know. But it's interesting that that's what people used to do. You know, you'll probably look it up. So is that what you do? You just get up, do something and then go back? Yeah, I can go back to sleep. And then I tell you what really helps is podcasts. Especially I I try and find, if they're interesting, you stay awake. But I actually look for um, dull podcasts and audio books because I like the sound of a voice, especially when I'm not at home. And that's how I get to sleep. And I can get to sleep really quickly if someone's sort of banging on about drainage or something. Yeah, the, have you heard the boring talks? No. They're good. Is that, that what they're specifically for, sort of thing? Yeah, but they're, they're actually really interesting, but they do send you off mm. because they go into really minute detail about the mechanics of a car boot or a type of screw. It's, or... sort, of, it's sort of really interesting, the things that suddenly I go, ooh, that's really interesting. There's a, a history. Uh, there's a history of the English language which... He's got a really soothing voice, and it's so minute. It's so minute. He will talk about, uh, uh, like, 1483, the first three months and the development of the English language during then, and tiny, tiny changes. And I can normally send me off to sleep, but sometimes it's so unexpectedly interesting I don't get back to sleep, but that's all right. It's it's fantastic. Because I get up a lot in the night and need need something to talk to me. Mm. And if if that sends me back to sleep, that's great. But if it doesn't, I'm happy to just lie there and be talked to. Yeah, I have really from very band being in bands when I was young, I have really bad tinnitus, so I have to have something. Otherwise, it's I just can't sleep. So, what keeps you awake? Tinnitus. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Obviously, in my oh, I don't stress as much as I used to. I mean, considering how awful everything is at the moment and has been for a couple of years. I used to really stress about things, but I just stopped because it doesn't make any difference, does it? It's like being on a plane and thinking that if you worry, it'll stay in the air. It doesn't really make any difference. So I'd rather wake up fresh and solve problems as they come rather than lie awake worrying about them, which is quite a revelation, really, because I was, I was, a, I really, I could have gone semi-pro with worrying. I was a very good worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I had sponsors and everything for my worry. Did you? Yeah. Do you worry? Uh, less so now. Mm, that's the funny thing about... And, and, and actually being in crises, you discover that it, you, normally... You, well, we've obviously coped with any crisis so far because we're still here. It's just good to trust yourself, isn't it? So I try not to go to bed worrying because it's a waste of time. No, I like that. Mm. I'm going to take a leaf out of your book. Thank you. The Little Book of No Worry. Yeah. Don't worry. No, I definitely think you should care, but care in the morning when you're all refreshed. 
No one ever says on their deathbed, I wish I'd worried more, do they? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you write or work better in the day or the night? And has that changed over the years? I think probably in the day. I had a very strange... I used to think that you had to work all day and all night, especially in studios and stuff. I don't anymore. I stop. I just, well, I do 10 till 6 or something like that. And then I just stop and... That's been so much more productive than ploughing on. And I think that's true with writing as well. But I went to, I didn't want to go, but I was sent to Nashville by my publisher, which is a strange experience. And I, I really quite a, a rich experience, but not really much to do with the songwriting. But one of the people that I met was a man called Henry Gross. And he was in Shanana, who were at Woodstock. And he said, I'd like to write with you because we have mutual friends. I said, fine. And he lived probably 15 miles outside of Nashville and he said I like to start writing at eight in the morning so I had to get to his by eight to start writing and I thought he was mad and actually there's something to be said for that because in the morning and the reason we sleep is to re- reboot our computers it's a dream isn't it is to reboot our computers that's what's happening in dreams it's like washing out all the the guff from the day and it's a really creative time first thing in the morning because you haven't been distracted by other things. So I quite like that now. Thank you, Henry Gross. So I do tend to write best in the mornings, probably. And did you get a good song with him? It's rubbish. I mean, that would be such a good story if we wrote a, a, an internet, something that brought me international success. And that's why we gave Dolly I Will Always Love You. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Unfortunately, the story just falls off a cliff at that point. So writing in the morning's good, but then how do you equate that to when you're on tour and it's late nights? No, I don't try and write then, no. I'll read a book or listen to a podcast. No, I don't. I don't. Experiences taught me that, but I will. I had one of my records. I was so into this idea that one of my records that I did, which was three back, I would, and I said, right, I'm going to try this. I with the Chris that I work with, he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a song before I come in and then we're going to record it. So I'd like to get really early, like half six, which is early for a musician, not for a normal person. And I'd write a song and go to the studio and, and then we'd record it. And I really like those songs. There's something, well, I'm not quite as obsessed with that early morning thing now, but it was it, it helped for one record. For it to be so fresh. Yes, too. exactly. It's really fresh. The, the idea is nothing impinging the ideas. And I would have these ideas that would just go quite tangential. Whereas later in the day, everything you're ordered, you've you know you've had telephone calls, you've you're into your routine, but your mind's like a sort of bit of a blank slate at that time. So it's good. You should try it. Am I? When you get into your bedroom, yeah. is it quiet noise? Do you like to read a book? It's quiet. Can you listen to music, actually? No, I don't listen to music because I get too into it. And I, I'm, I, I, I was, I really liked that record about two years ago. I can't remember. It's called Honey by Robin. I really like that record. I don't know why I liked it so much. And I did try on to. I thought oh, I'll listen to this to to go to sleep. And I, I after I'd, I'd listened to it three times in a row each night, I was like, I've stopped listening to it because I liked it so much. So no, because it's too stimulating. It's too stimulating. Yeah. It is. I mean, we live in a flat in in Glasgow, so it can be quite noisy, but I'm not really affected by outside noise, to be honest. Here's the thing. like I was sleeping in an Airbnb because I was with Phil Langren making another record with him. Lovely, lovely Phil. And we stayed in an Airbnb. It was on the main street of this little market town. And we were woken up about 
half five every morning. But normally by I don't know that that sound of hundreds of bottles being poured out. You know that sound. But there's another thing that uh, it was a man shouting, and he was shouting for Steve, Steve, Steve. And then I realised I've been woken up so many times by a man shouting at five in the morning outside of a hotel, but they always seem to be shouting for Steve. <laughs> He's always Steve. I just suddenly <laughs> I've never heard another name being shouted at that time. Doesn't really answer your question, does it? Sorry. Steve. But you were saying podcasts, so is it podcasts like Radio Four, that sort of thing? And my favourite podcast, which I can't listen to so much tonight because I, I like them so much, uh, is probably my favourite. Is one called Swindled. I really love that one. Fantastic. Uh, it's a guy in Austin, Texas, and it's all about swindles basically but really and it's so well done and it's very independent he's not part of wondery or any of those other things it's, i absolutely love his podcast and he's a lot of these programs that you see uh i was talking to finley about this uh finley napier this morning a lot of these things where you see uh, like series like dope sick or whatever it's called and anna delvey that series he did the first things of all of those I, 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 he must be quite pissed off because I keep making programs based on his podcast. But I like him. He's got this really droney voice and he's sarcastic and it's just very well done. So that's my favourite podcast. Droney, sarcastic. Oh, he does it. He just does it really well. I just and it's got really good sort of a uh, really weird music going on in the background. Yeah, I think you'd like it. I don't know his name because he won't tell us his name. So. Oh really? Well, I've I've written it down. Yeah. I'm always on the lookout for a, a podcast. Do you ever read it? Yeah, I do sometimes, but I fall asleep too quickly if I'm reading, which is different from listening to podcasts. So I did. I always take books with me, and I I've, uh, I only get like two pages in, and I'm falling asleep. Sorry, I'm looking around to see if I can see what I've, I've got. Your novel? I haven't read your novel yet. I feel really bad about that because I was talking to someone who had read your novel. And I've taken it in my bag to read so many times. I bought it. I bought your novel. That's the first step. I just finished a really amazing book, Mary Oliver's Essays. It's called Upstream, and that's really beautiful. And I've I've got really into, like, novelists and poets' essays because it's almost like sitting down and having a coffee with them. I'm really obsessed. And can you read those at night? Yeah, I love reading. I read all the time. Yeah, I mean, I read, but I don't at night. You can read in bed and, and not... I can read about two pages and wake up with the book on my face mm. and then read another two pages. Right, that's what happens to me, yeah. And it's really bad when you drool onto the pages and it turns it into papier-mâché. I don't like that. <laughs> well, I hope you do like the book. Yeah, well, I do. And yes, I'm, it's over there. I can see it there. I just can't conceive, conceive of how you structure it even. It's like magic. I don't know what you've done there. Well, people say that about songs. I mean, you've written songs. But songs are only three minutes long. It is graft, because you have to come to it every day, and it's volume. I mean, I really love that with songwriting and co-writing and any sort of collaboration. I really value someone else seeing it from a different side. It's always a brilliant shortcut, even if it just identifies what you care about mm. in a song or a piece of work. Mm. It just takes you there so much quicker. You have to get lucky with the person you're with, though, don't you? But some of my... I really treasure some of the people that I can do that with. You're opening yourself up to be quite vulnerable, to, for want of a better word, aren't you? 
I've, it's amazing the people that I can do that with. It's like so wonderful. Yeah. It gives you a sort of connection. It just cuts years and years of knowing someone when you get like a musical connection, I think. That's true. I mean, all my friends are songwriters. I suppose it's because you just immediately, I know we haven't, we have written together once, haven't we? Under a tree. Yeah. But you do, you, you get to a really sort of a, quite a deep friendship place almost instantaneously. Brilliant thing about co-writing, I think. Hmm. I've stopped speaking. <laughs> I quite like silences between people. We've come to my last question, so I hope it wasn't too painful. Oh, I really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. Can you remember a lullaby or song or book that sent you to sleep as a child? Yes. My mum used to sing a song that I'd, I'd never found it. It sort of went cherry, cherry, cherry bim or something like that. I think it was a classic. She'd sing that to me and that would send me to sleep. I'm sorry, I should look that up. Very, very funny woman, my mum. So she just as I was falling asleep, she'd mess about with the words and put stupid things in them. Incredibly funny person. But that, that, that was the song she used to sing to me, yeah. It's a song, that, but she changed the words for you. Well, she would go, cherry, cherry, bim, a couple of... Blah, 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 and I, I, I can't remember. It was so long ago, but she would say funny things and make me laugh. Oh. Is there a song or book that you remember singing or reading to your children? I made up songs for my kids. For Holly, I made up a song, Holly the Bee, because uh, we used to dress her up in yellow and black stripes like a toy when she was a baby. She looked like a bee, so I used to sing that to her, and I still do on occasion, and she's 34. What does that go like? Holly, Holly, Holly the Bee. That's all you get. (laughs) Holly, 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 and then it would be then it would be uh, lots of insults like uh, uh, about how she was pushing over old ladies when I wasn't looking and stuff like that. Then it would go back to the nice refrain again. So, but she, yeah, we still Aww. sing that together sometimes. And what about Ben? Yes, he had a song. Uh, it was about how much he liked trains, which he doesn't like trains, and he used to get really angry with me. But he likes it now. And that was. <laughs> That song was called, <laughs> oh, he's going to kill me if I tell you. You can't put that in. I'll tell you as long as you don't put it in. But that song is, is Benny, Benny Likes the Chuff Chuff Train. So I'd sing that to him and then he'd go, I don't, I don't like the Chuff Chuff Train. And I'd just keep singing it at him. <laughs> oh, please let me keep it in. <laughs> well, he'll listen. I'm sorry, Ben. She got it out of me. <laughs> Benny Likes the Chuff Chuff Train. Oh, I don't. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing hearing all about your sleep. No, I've enjoyed it very much, yes. Mm. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Boo Hooadine. No worries, it was a joy. Oh no, if he'd got horses scurrying through perspex tubes, I'd, I would have left, yeah.